We're back, the Whiskey Hue, a podcast from three brown startup enthusiasts that pull back the curtain on business, culture, and side pieces. <laughs> Not that tight. We're talking blockchain, e-games, cannabis, and so much more without the bullshit, and most importantly, over whiskey. America calls Clyde Biggity Black. He checks the Biggity Black box. Abdul checks Biggity Brown box. <laughs> Anthony checks Black. Brown, Asian. He's like, why not? <laughs> somewhere in the confusing, somewhere in the confusing middle. Whoa, brothers, <laughs> whoa! Various shades of brown. He's like, he's celebrating today. It's March seventeenth, baby. He's Irish today. Damn. <laughs> uh, various shades of brown bring you the latest in tech, business, and startups, mixed with a ton of sarcasm. Cue the music. Dun, 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 dun. I was trying to go. With, I was trying to go with video music box. We know. Uh, you know. Not, not everybody. Everybody won't get that. Everybody won't get that. I was, I was watching after a certain year before a certain year to understand yeah. that, huh? Yeah, I was watching. It was on. I was up late Saturday night. You know, <laughs> but not really. It wasn't really a late. Nine thirty <laughs> rolled around and you know, yeah. <laughs> the sun went down. <laughs> oh man! And, and it came on. It was on like I don't know one of the one of the public. Access of oh lord, how old are you? Like I'm watching public access and going to bed at night. <laughs> and they were talking about, and they were talking about it, and I was like, oh look at it! I remember watching this growing up. Like you know, I was like, man, one day I'm gonna go to the tunnel. <laughs> oh like, nice. <laughs> yeah, you know, was that's when hip hop was hip hop to me. Mm. You know, to, love it, love it. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Whiskey Hue. Uh, we're excited to be <laughs> here. <laughs> Welcome to Whiskey. Like, okay, we're done with you. <laughs> we're excited to be here. Uh, we have a great, great episode today. We're going to be talking about uh, some near and dear topics of our heart, some that we don't even understand, but it's changed the game. But, you know, before we dive into that, I want to check in. What's going on, fellas? How you doing? Well, I was, I was fine until you, you know, just blew past my video music box. Give know, it to us, man. Give it, it to us. Was, you know, <laughs> retro retro moment that i had this past saturday but you know outside of that i'm good man you know the good hip-hop real hip-hop i don't know what's going on nowadays but real hip-hop i mean Nas won a grammy so i'm excited about that he's finally yeah, won. Okay, that was that's huge. true that's true uh, that's my true. friends were talking about that it was huge yeah. did you guys see the show i didn't see it. i missed it no i didn't watch viewership it. was down 50 percent. i think they I had mean, less than 10 yeah. million viewers um they wow. I think prior year was 18.9 so you know they it was a shit show. It was actually, you know, I would say I want to be friends with Trevor Noah. Uh, he's he's fun. Oh, really? He's, he, he yeah. was a good host. I will agree with that. I like him, man. So, like, um, I've been to the show when it was uh John Stewart. You can go and you can hang with them cats. Like, it's it was it's fun. I've never been when he's been in. I just haven't done it in a while. But um, said, I heard like hang so with the, them. Music industry veteran, man. You I know you like you know, like that's an, that's no, like, no, no, you know the rich one just said that, ladies and gentlemen. The rich one. No, no, no. I was sitting in the stadium. He comes out rolls and like like John Stewart. You just gonna hop into my car? What? No, he comes out and speaks to the audience first. And the funny thing is, when John Stewart came out, I'm sure Trevor Noah because he got that kind of personality. He would come out and say hi to the audience. And then some dude in the audience made some joke about ascots. And John Stewart kept referencing it during the show. And we all were just cracking up. It was kind of funny. But I heard there was a, for the Grammys, sorry, let's get back to that, Clyde. Uh, there was a new executive producer this year. Okay. And I, that's why people said it was a lot better. I miss it. I had it in my Google calendar to watch because I never, you never, you know, you never watched anything. Until Appointment the TV is dead. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. Forgot about it. 
Yeah, but it was a good one. Uh, Beyonce, you know, the greatest music video, music producer, oh, really? greatest music person of all time, broke a record for the most Grammys. Um, so that was cool. Nice. Um, what else happened on on the show? Little baby, you know, for for the, for you guys who are a little bit older and you're, you're going to bed at nine thirty. Had a great performance. <laughs> I do that in, in there for you, Ag. Little you know, baby, little baby. baby was on there too. Little baby or the baby? Which one? Both was on there. The baby okay. had a good performance. The baby, baby, that's the one from North Carolina, right? Or something like that. Baby, you add yeah. the ages together, Clyde's still older than both of them, but he's like, I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm trying to fit in. <laughs> you got to stay relevant, man. You got to stay relevant in these streets if someone wants to tell me. Yeah, you got to stay legal, all right, bro? Maybe <laughs> 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 you hanging out with people too young. <laughs> oh, man. So that, I'm kidding, I'm that was the Grammys. I will say that uh, a big congrats go to uh, Athul. You now have a quarterback of the future. Um, if you have, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I was waiting. I was waiting. I was waiting. For those of us Andy. who don't know, and you're new to the show, Athul was a diehard Bears fan, and uh, <laughs> you know he actually has a um, a Peyton jersey yeah. on the wall right behind us. So you know we love it. We love we love sweetness. Sweet. Uh, but you know <laughs> we will say their quarterbacks are trash. <laughs> Trash, yeah, trash, man. garbage, <laughs> trash, trash. Well, who, 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 who's, um, it's um, who's it? Hey, hey. I was waiting for Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. As soon as I saw it, I saw the flat. The my buddy text me from Chicago. I was like, here comes Anthony. He's gonna Anthony. He just waits for I, this shit. You know, I, I do. <laughs> and I was surprised. I, did. I didn't hear it. Wait, hold on. First things first, because I was just like, wow, they, he's going to compete with Mitch Trubisky. Wow, that's no Mitch Trubisky's gone. Is it gone? He's gone. It's Nick Foles, so he'll still get it. <laughs> you know. Well, here, here's the thing. Well, 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 I, I, I'm more worried about my team. I'm more worried about what they're oh, going. What, what they going to do with J- Jimmy G? Okay, are yeah. they going to sweep him? Or are they going to dump him? Or are they going to bring in someone behind him to kind of pick up? This is the one thing I'll side. say. All right, I'm gonna say because I, I take a lot of heat from these cats. Uh, audience, our 10 million. We have 11 million viewership listening. So we're higher than the Grammys. Um, but, <laughs> but I mean. Uh, both of their teams, Detroit Lions and the San Francisco 49ers, got 130, 40 million dollar contracts for their QB alone, missed the playoffs. We got there with a nine million dollar quarterback last year. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I mean, so, hey, we're all three of our teams are tash, trash last year, but we, <laughs> well, I, I would say, I would say, I would say this. It's like it's like looking at any kind of numbers, right? Like when you when you're looking at something, when people like a pitch deck, you guys look at decks all the time, and people give you percentages, and you're like, oh lord. What oh, is, here we go. What is, here we go. What these percentages really mean? You got to look into the data. Half of the 49ers defense was on injury reserve the entire season. So just got to give us a break. We're healthy this year. We could be dangerous. Yeah. Dangerous. Oh, yeah. It's a good team. Now, yeah. you guys are healthy. Y'all were healthy last year. Healthy the year no, before. Our team, not okay. really. Kind of. Not. But then, like, there were six games and we were hot. We started hot, like, five and one. Then the, then the defense literally took six weeks off. <laughs> and they're like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> And then, then as soon as the offense started showing up, they're like, "Oh, maybe we should start playing again." I was so I guess apparently, so my buddy on the on the beat, he like covers this stuff well. We almost had a Russell Wilson trade, but Seattle was just dogging everybody. They were never going to trade him. Apparently, yeah. yeah I yeah. guess I guess the Bears had something great in place. They were pursuing him hard. Deshaun wants to come to Denver, or you guys potentially, and that well, could be dope. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, this not, has been. Our I would not have my. I would not have. I would not go to Detroit and watch my career die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the first time he hit on the black guy. He always hits on the brown guy. He always remembers have to do that. Oh, oh this is a celebratory dance. So Mark, Cal- the Irish, the Irish, how many, how many, how many, how many, think about it. How many stars have re, have retired early out of Detroit? 
<laughs> Calvin Johnson. You know what? I know I started it, but I'm down with this Sanders, topic. One more thing that happened. You traded Jared Goff for Jared Goff, sent Matt, Matt, Matthew, what's his name? What's his name? Thank you. And I always loved him because he's just a good stand-up dude, right? And he went to the and then the guy on the Rams was talking trash. He's like, We finally got a real quarterback on the you know, and then he got traded to the Lions. <laughs> so he's playing with a whole play again. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? The defensive lineman? No. Just like today it happened. Oh, I haven't, no, I haven't been in a little Thank That's God hilarious. we got someone who's upgrade over golf, but now he's playing with golf again. I'm like, that's just mean for the – that's mean for the Rams to do that. They did that. That was a joke. That was an inside joke. But, ladies and gentlemen, we're getting ready to kick off a great episode of the Whiskey Hill. Before diving in, what we want to do is talk about our whiskey of the day. Um, it's going to be a, a good one, uh, one that I've started to sip on, and we're going to sip on it uh, throughout the show. But we're going to be sipping on Angel's Envy. That's um, a, a Kentucky – a Kentucky uh, – bourbon and you know we're going to sip on it and and give you a review uh throughout the sh- throughout the show and at the end of the episode but now we're ready to dive in you know um you know i thought his wife will probably yell at him for starting 10 minutes in the show before getting to the topic but <laughs> that's what we do that's what we do so we're gonna dive we're gonna dive into uh the hottest the hottest thing since sliced bread at least for this week uh nfts um, we touched on it, I think a week or two ago, and I'm sure I butchered it, and somebody else may have butchered it as well. But you know, we learn here on the Whiskey Hue, and we're going to dive deep into it, give a 101 introduction to NFTs. Um, you know, so I, I won't do it any justice. I'll let Abdul dive Let's in. Hope we get it. One. Let's hope we get to one hundred and one. Uh, <laughs> this, 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 this is class. This is class. Uh, class ten. NFT is going to be an infrastructure play in a lot of different industries, and right now you're hearing about it most with sports, Top Shot, and digital art, both exploding. Um, but let's set up. So let, we're going to focus on both of those, and then how it can parlay into other industry verticals. But let's first set what physical art space, and just kind of because you can draw the comparables, the comps, and then we can kind of build from there. So the value in an art piece, a physical art piece, right? It's the art piece itself plus the story of the art piece. We've all been to the Louvre. I don't get turned on by the Mona Lisa, but people do, right? So I mean, but the story of it is. That's what's added value to it, right? And you create these markets. So the art, art, physical art is a $70 billion market, right? And there's asset inflation across the board. We saw a stock market last year, real estate prices flying high. Uh, and that's going to continue crypto, obviously. So art story is very similarly related to this space. So physical art value creation over time. What is it? Um, the initial sale of a physical art piece is the only time the original artist makes money. Often what happens to the painting or the artist in the decades to come adds a creative value to that art piece, like whatever happens in their life. But th- that original artist still never gets to capture any of those gains. And we're going to park that note. We're going to come back to that in a moment. Um, so let's say if a king's palace burns down in some random country and, the, and they had a nice piece of art hanging, if they had a $10,000 hanging out in a, in a sock drawer, that cash, if it survived the fire, still worth $10,000. That art piece now? Whatever it was worth before, the story now adds as a creative value. It survived the burning of so and so year, right? And that's how these things get, um, and these things become marketing tools. And let's say like LeBron buys a certain piece of art and he sells it on to somebody or co, you know, whoever would have. 
his name associated it associated with it adds a creative value to it. So the next person that buys it, it's like, damn, LeBron had this or, you know, Kobe or Jordan or whoever at one time. And that's going to add value to it. These become marketing tools and bragging rights and a stamp of approval. Now, there's some shady shit that goes down with art, right? Um, so physical art has been long utilized as a money laundering place. This is where I get interested because it's kind of, <laughs> I've always been fascinated by this space. Um, you can tie money as up a, in art. As the IRS listens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not into it. I'm not into this space. Um, that's that. This is going to lead into why this whole NFT space and the art is actually a nice place. So physical art, money laundering, you can tie up money into an art piece and move it from country to country, no taxes, no VAT taxes, nothing, um, increasing its valuation, skipping all those taxes, right? There's a lot of artists, and we, we probably know there's a lot of people that have art, that ex- expensive art, and they never really hang it. It sits in free ports. Free ports are like warehouses where you can store art, and there's Geneva's got the biggest one, like $100 billion in art stored there, and people never pull it out. And that literally can be pulled out and sold to someone else and no taxes ever change hands because it could just sit in these vaults until it, you know, and, and it doesn't get taxed. So it's a great way to park money and move money. One last thing I'll part with uh, is in this space. So in in Mexico, right, There's a, this is going to draw it home too. Um, the Me- Mexican government in 2012, 2013 <laughs> basically said, hey, overnight once they said no more spending over a certain amount in art money on art, right? Overnight. The, the the expenditure on expenditure on artwork went down by 70%. They directly tied that to the Mexican cartel <laughs> that was basically kind of pulling money across borders and all that. So this is what happens. It's not just that cartel. It, this happens globally. So now we'll jump into the NFT space, right? So the do you want me to just continue rolling for like 30 seconds here? No, okay. no, no, no. I think that was a good point. I just want to throw something in there. Then you can roll uh, on the art piece. I know people may question, like, why would you buy art just to put it in storage? The trick there is that they create high, um, high, high copy. Uh, uh, um, damn, what's it called? You put me on pause to do that shit. No. <laughs> I'm playing. Go ahead, go ahead. High copy replicas. High copy replicas in the home. So typically, when people have those Picassos, it's not the real thing. It's just a, a replica. So I just want to add that in there. <laughs> Yeah. And then, so and so you can do that, right? Well, you can do that with physical art. You can do that with digital art. And we're going to see that come into fruition now. So in this NFT space, non-fungible tokens, right? So fungible means replaceable. It means like, okay, a $10 bill, I can give it to Anthony. He can give me two fives back. That's an equal transaction. Non-fungible means it's not replaceable. So that's why you're hearing this NFT, non-fungible tokens. They've tokenized it, put it on blockchain. Ethereum is the backbone to it all uh, and is the piping and on the backbone of blockchain, I should have said. And that's where it's kind of cool. Now, let's just draw a direct tie to what I said earlier statement. So the creators and originators of digital art in the NFT space, they finally get to participate and be rewarded economically the entire run of any art piece they introduce, right? So that's huge. So like the most influential Folks like this Beeple guy, we're going to talk about him later. Uh, he's going to get, I mean, a piece of his soul for $70 million, right? And he got 10% cut, I think. If that person sells that, whoever owns it, sells it on for whatever, he's always going to get in perpetuity like a, a cut, a commission of that. It's similar to what the music industry, mine, like the industry I used to hang out in, you get recurring revenue, rev- royalties, you distributors and publishers make money forever on the master. All right, I'll hand it back to you, Castle. We'll keep talking. Hold no, on. great, great. Go ahead. You said, that, you said they're not being ta- they're being taxed, right? The tax on the capital gains. Yeah, yeah. Who, who, which part? Uh, Physical NFTs. or digital? No, the, yeah. You're gonna always get taxed on the capital gains. Yeah, but it's 
but but only when you claim that capital gain, right? Okay. Um. Yeah. But the cool thing about NFT, so everything's digitized, so it's transparent. We've always been bringing like when we talk about blockchain, all this stuff, it's all transparent. It's marked. You know, this piece began. You know, it was originated at this point in time, and that's going to carry on forever. And you can't fudge that number, which is great. So these replicas, Clyde alluded to. You know, some of the, it's hard to tell if it's a fake or whatever, right? In diamonds, we see that all happening. All you got to go to specialists, right? But this, it's all curated on a on a blockchain, so it's easy to find. Well, they're gonna start getting IRS is coming after it. Higher yeah. like, collection. Well, the same thing is happening with. Yeah. Same thing is happening with cryptocurrency. So, you know, as the the laws have the laws have to catch up with the times. So this NFT, I'm sure they'll catch up with that as well. The only difference here is that you know if someone keeps it anonymous. There may not be a way to tax it because it's through the crypto. Yeah, and we'll get into that in a moment too. So, like, so let's let's get back to this creators and originators of the digital art, right? So, think about it. So, like, who's popular on Instagram? I know Kim Kardashian's on there. Who else? Give me another art, someone that's really popular. The greatest Make NBA player of all time, LeBron James. Oh no, I don't think Jordan's on there. But okay, second, okay, <laughs> third best. Okay, so let's say LeBron. Or, I don't know if is he active. I'm assuming he's active yeah, on IG. Like I don't go is. on, right? <laughs> okay, so Kardashian and LeBron James, right? Both these ladies are amazing. And shot, shot, shot. I'm just playing. No, no, no. LeBron James, he's great, great. So okay, these cats. Okay, they make obviously public figures kill it in their industry, and they make a ton of money in endorsements. All that make they make a lot of money. Instagram is making a ton of money from them making money mm-hmm. and their popularity grows. Uh, but, it, it, you know, Kim Kardashian or LeBron James are not getting a piece of that IG money. They're getting a piece of whatever deals they work out in solo. Right. IG may try to amp them up because they know they can make money that way and the popularity grows. But here's the thing. The good thing about NFT is like this Beeple guy, the platform helps the artists win forever, which is great. And that's the one I just wanted to put that out there. And it's similar to the music industry. As far as when they actually were able to track it, now they, they can track it now. And that's why a lot of blockchain folks are trying to get use Ethereum to get music on the blockchain and all that. Uh, you could you track it and you win forever. Wow, so that would be a game changer for, for music. For our Whiskey Hue audience, we are going to create an NFT for a Whiskey Hue episode. And you can, own, you can own one of our specialized episodes. <laughs> as we grow in popularity, Boom. as individuals and as a Whiskey Hue, you... You lucky person can own a Whiskey Hue episode. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. I didn't know he, he's, it was either you can own this or you can prevent forest fires. I don't know where you're going. <laughs> but it's great. No, absolutely. I mean, we got 12 million viewership now, right? We've beaten the Grammys. Kill them. Go. Kill it. Kill it. Kill it. And that kill is my whole star show. And, and, you know, to kind of think about it, it's the perfect storm, right? You talk about the maturation of blockchain technology. Us being in, in the pandemic with, you know, a bunch of free, free cash for the, those stimmies, you know, for some of us who, who can get those stimmies. Um, and then the gamification, <laughs> the gamification of pretty much collecting is a perfect storm for NFTs. I mean, before NFTs really took off at the beginning of the year, maybe late last year, the trading card uh, market for sports uh, sports cars like baseball cards, football, basketball cards. Jose Canseco. They were on fire. I mean, you're talking about cars that sold for. You know no, I'm not. You know, I, no. Um, I do. Oh, Anthony's got one. I got a Anthony Canseco. Anthony's rich. Yeah. So, you know, the house. It's stuff was growing by 10x because people were bored in the house, started selling it, went up. So it's just a combination and a perfect storm of. Everything that's going on in the in in the world with all these key areas of 
of blockchain, excess capital, gamification of creating um, uh, high value products, and and then the 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 um, the the scarcity of, of those products as well. So that's what is is driving a lot of the market. It's funny, right? So what what it's funny how the NFT space because I know you guys have been talking about it for weeks. Um, and, and I, you know, I'm just sitting here like, all right, whatever. Right. <laughs> like, and, 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 and as we said, oh, let's talk about, so I started doing some more research. Right. And, you know, my first, as you know, how my previous episodes, our loyal listeners know how my mind works. I'm looking at it like, wow, this is, this is like a, you got, you got cash that's flowing, um, all over the place of something, uh, almost not an asset that you would have never thought that can be owned. Right. Um, you know it; it's already owned by sometimes the the person who 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 who's taking a picture. But because of how the world is, you never think anybody really owns it, right? You know, you no one never thinks about who owns the rights to it. But yeah. now you're talking about owning this, and then how some how are people going to prevent someone else from snatching that and using it down the line, right? Because it's digital, right? You know, someone buys mm-hmm. a LeBron James dunk. How can someone prevent me from copying that and posting it on my Instagram? Like, I would love to see how that plays out in their future. So one of the ways I think about it is you think about music, go back to music, and you have the people who own the masters. Mm-hmm. So, you know, thinking about it like the NFT is the master, and then you have the MP3, people who can listen yeah. to it, download it, you know, but ultimately the record company or the artist own the master. So... When I think about NFT, that's the way I, I think about it. I'm not sure if that's 100% accurate, but at least gives me a point of view of kind of relating to the real world. Well, well, I would, well the reason why I brought it up, because so if I'm at an NBA game or NFL, I don't care, name the, name the sport, right? And you get that ticket, that ticket's your, your, your contract of when you walk into that arena or stadium, that everything that goes on is owned by the league, right? So mm-hmm. if, I, if, I, if I record something on my phone, and try to sell it as an NFT, the NBA or NFL can come after me, say, no, it's theirs, their property, right? Yep. So, you know, like, so the NFL or NBA or whatever league can be the only ones who sell these products, whether you record it on your phone or not. They right? own the rights, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it, it because that, that's where, that's where I, I, you know, how do they start, how do they start policing that? Is is quite interesting to me. So but it's, it's being done already, right? It's being done. Okay, so let's let's pull in Clyde's comment again because that was a great comment. So the let's say uh, the original master of a Jay Z track, right? Is it Rockefeller that owns it? I'm assuming, right? Rockefeller, so everything's under that umbrella. So if they could sell that off, and they could sell off the master, but if Jay Z wrote or published whoever wrote and published or produced that song, they still are going to get their recurring revenues on it. But the, that whoever buys that get, owns the master to it. So that's the master would be the NBA. Uh, yeah. Right. They own the master to it. But you still make your money. The royalties now. Uh, what's going to make a lot of money? Kobe's estate is now negotiating with Top Shot, the NBA, on how to put his moments into this digital format. When you know, we're letting LeBron Kobe set up and then, you know, the goat's going to come and it's going to be over. Right. <laughs> so Jordan, once they add that to the class now, what's going to I mean, look, okay, so jo- uh, hurry up because people who will buy it are getting too old. To yeah. <laughs> let's give it let's give it to you guys. Like LeBron, when he blocked Iguodala, that oh, thing that, is gonna be oh, that's, fire. Yeah, that's that's fire. gonna be fire, right? That's yeah. gonna be 10, 10, 12 million dollars, right? Almost as many of our subscribers that listen to this. Um, but you know, I mean, 
Warriors fans would, you know, and 90% of people say that was a foul. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, or like D Wade, he had his hands in the air when LeBron was dunking once and it was some game. And I'm like, that's going to make that, you know, people are going to want that moment. NBA still owns that moment. You get to capture it and do something with it. Um, and you get to, you get the moment that they've captured where they've almost made another asset on top of an asset yeah. that you get to visually kind of carry on in your pocket, like have slight ownership to, but the NBA still owns it. They own the master. Well, so no, anybody yeah. can replicate. You can watch it on YouTube all day, right? I mean, technically you go watch that. Re- you can watch that dunk on YouTube all day or that block. Sorry. Um, but, and, but if you, if you could still buy it and own it and then sell it off to somebody, it's, it's the art and the story you create around it. So there's a narrative that they create value around these things. Okay. And I think that's a, it's, I, think that's a good, I think that's a good point in, in something I, I, I have my notes. So uh, you think about where is all the value being created right now in NFT space? I mean, you think about, we're talking about basketball, LeBron James, they sold a video clip of him dunking a ball for $280,000 uh, in an NFT. There's something like that. 280, 80, 280. Uh-huh. Kitty cat to so, 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 for six point six million dollars, um, and then you know, um, I think Elon Musk's wife sold uh, some artwork for six million as an NFT. He doesn't get married, man. He's got kids with her. Grimes, like, yeah. He and Future got the most kids in the whole world, <laughs> like seven apiece. So like, seven, they got fourteen kids right there, man. That's like a whole. That's a starting NBA team. Right? <laughs> Plus one. They got, a, they, got a, they got a. They got an offense. They got an NFL team. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> almost, man. So there's a there's a ton there's a ton that's going on right now in the space. People are selling, people are making a lot a ton of money. Um and I think it'll continue. And I think there's a piece where uh, the artists are getting properly rewarded and you'll start to see more creators and more artists come to play in this space because they know that they can only not only earn the initial uh, um value, but then they can get that uh royalty type perspective that they never even thought about getting it in the future. What I love about this space, right? So the proof of origin, which is on the blockchain, Ethereum, Ethereum, uh, created on a blockchain backbone, um, that proves its legitimacy. And what do you get with that? When you have legitimacy, you can borrow it, borrow against it. Sorry, you can trade it, yeah. um, and it becomes a financial tool. That's what I'm kind of. I'm, I'm, I want to see well, that kind so, of explode. So, so with that, I'm glad. That's a great. You know, you guys are bringing up some great points, and I, you know, I'm glad this is the one on one or. 100 or 99 um, of <laughs> NFT, but um, <laughs> so so is it is it now recognizable from financial institutions as a as something that you can borrow against? Can or or is it more of a private equity kind of thing where you know you, you talk to I, I go to you guys like hey hey I got this I got that I got that uh you know LeBron block on Iguodala in Game Seven, you know would you, you know can I you know and, and I want to borrow want to borrow against it. You know, which you so, guys recognize it. That's a great point. So, okay, let's 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 put it this way. Yes, to answer your question. <laughs> so NFT, so NFTs don't need cryptocurrency to thrive. To and for NFTs NFTs to thrive on their own, right? Okay, what do I mean by that? Okay, let me give you the counter to it. I think crypto kind of needs NFTs to thrive 
So crypto kind of creeps its way into relevance. Uh, it, it already has. We saw it explode last year. And then 2017, yeah. before the crash, it did. It's entering that legitimacy phase. NFTs, you can purchase with a credit card. You don't need to buy it with cryptocurrency. Yeah. And But it sits on crypto back in, like the blockchain back in, with cryptocurrency as Ethereum being the building blocks of it. So I think NFTs gain in popularity is helping cryptocurrency become a thing. And Morgan Stanley just announced today, I'm doing a talk with them in a couple of weeks. So this is how I found out about it. It's public. I'm not saying anything bad, um, anything private. Uh, Morgan Stanley is now directing cryptocurrency for their wealth management team, like all their wealth investors, like, you know, private wealthy yeah. individuals, they're helping them and they're offering this as a tool. Mm. So yes, it's going to become a legitimate thing. Now, uh, the valuations have to settle in some capacity uh but then you know apple or tesla apple's godlike uh but, but tesla uh, you can't you know we've talked about this often right that's valuation alone that stock is incredibly high in my opinion uh, yeah. multiple 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 tens of uh you know sales so yeah i think it has to you know once these price might become legitimate but i think yeah banks are going to start to recognize this because it's on a ledger that's the beautiful the beauty of it is transparent um you know yeah. it's like our game stuff boys well, and then and then that takes it to a whole different world, right? Yeah, you know, like if it, like you guys said, like it's if I can use it as some something I can borrow against, then it becomes a whole different world. Um, and and yeah. recognize asset class, and well, the IRS is going to you know tax it anyway, so fuck it. Yeah, let's let's discuss this Beeple guy, man. This this guy fascinates me. He got his got this Bill Gates vibe going on, right? Um, he and he said it himself. I kind of look like Bill Gates. You wouldn't expect me to have money in the bank, <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> but. He's he's now dignified as a major artist, right? Because you he's a, he's a when you're creating a wave in the art world and people are speculating on you and what you're doing, your next move, you become like a major artist. And he's I think his digital art was the third highest piece. It sold for the third highest valuation ever. Yep. I think I think that's cor- correct, right? Yep. Okay, cool. Change, see how this is changing the the playing field. So the okay. I don't like, you know, baby boomer of any generation, right? Like the 55 to 75 age group is usually the group that dictates physical art sales. They're the ones that have the money to spend on it typically. And they're the ones that kind of guide, okay, we're tired of like uh, uh, the Renaissance era. So now let's prop up this other era. It'll, it'll peak. And then the Valley comes boom when they, when they want to change gears. The first time in a long time where the boomers in the room for this people piece, they have like 30, 35 people in bidding on this piece at Christie's. It was like, it was like they're from all over the world, majority from here, North and South America, but it was like, um, what was it? Millennials and Gen Xers made up almost 93% of the people in the room. Isn't that, that's, that's, that's incredible. Crazy. 90, yeah. 90%. And you know, baby boomers, 3%. So now the narrative is being shifted as far as who actually dictates what's going to be popular in the art world, potentially. Now, so people also did say, 97 of the art that's out there, absolute garbage. <laughs> you know, I mean, he made his, so he can say whatever he wants, I guess now, but you got to give, let me give him, let me give him one more credit thing, right? So it's a transitional change is what I'm getting at. Now you got millennials and all these people kind of dictating price points. And I would say though, in my opinion, it's, it was tied to one handle it starts with the M who bought this piece for 70 million. I'm assuming these people, I think it was a consortium of people that have a big stake in the core of blockchain or Ethereum, and they needed to make a splash. So maybe about 10 of them put like five, 10 and each bought this thing for 70 million. It gets tagged to one handle. It looks like it's one buyer and it props it up. But now we're still talking about it. It's been two weeks, right? And it's a big thing that's going to be referenced all over again. Um, I think that's probably what happened. We'll never know, but we're all talked about it. I think it's going to be rises to prevalence. 
Yeah, so that's 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 something uh, that's going to be interesting to watch, and well, we'll keep a tab on. Um, you know, the Bipple guy, Mike uh, Winkleman, he's going to be someone to watch. Uh, he's he's under forty. Um, Clyde, Clyde's fading, man. <laughs> he sounds like he's fading. He's like, man, his drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sipping. Been sipping that angel this is my, That's my superpower right here. Keep me going all night. <laughs> Clyde, so boy, we're just trying to keep you awake, man. <laughs> He's like, man, it's cool, man. <laughs> no, but but I just say, I just say, check out Mike Winkleman um, for more NFTs, his digital art. I mean, you talk about the the sixty nine million dollar piece; it had five thousand images in it. And what blew me away, I was watching the guy from Christie's who auctioned it off, and uh, someone was like, "So, what do you actually get when you walk away with that sixty million, sixty nine million dollars?" They said the guy walked away with a, a JPEG file, a huge JPEG file. <laughs> <laughs> and a, and a, and and a, um, a wallet with a bunch of ones and zeros with the code to the actual uh, digital art. So you know, essentially, you're that's what you're getting when you're buying an, an NFT. And there, and there are a bunch of places. If you want to launch one today, you know, as as Anthony mentioned, we're gonna have the whiskey hue that we'll be putting up for NFT, and I'm sure that'll go for about seventy million. You know, we got our loyal listeners. Uh, the most fire episode that you've <laughs> ever heard. You know, we're going. It's going to be a different number. It's going to be a special numbered episode too. It's not going to be counted in. Eight. It's going to be like. It's going to be like. It's in bites, baby. Zero one one zero one one zero one. It's going to be like floor <laughs> seven that doesn't appear in the building, right? Like it's going to be one of those situations. Oh, oh nice. But so, we should. We so, should. Oh, are you are you cleaning this up, Kyle? Or should we? Yeah, I was just trying to couple it out. Go, go ahead. Now, okay, so people even said, right, this guy, if you look at those 5,000 pieces, he started 2007. I mean, I worked out the numbers and because I'm a nerd like that. It's like something he did a digital piece of art every day. And if you look at some of them, they're fire, man. It's like Mickey Mouse coming out of like a brain, blood and shit, weird stuff. He's got one with Elon Musk, a superhero, Amazon, um, Jeff Bezos. He's got Google um, Google Cloud or Google Storage, and he had like a whole bunch of bunkers. There's, it's cool art if you go to the individual and look at them. It's kind of dope. And then they're also selling off physical reprints of it too. So, dude, this guy's gonna be minting, <laughs> right? Right, um, right. This, it's a proof of case. We should just say what well, NFT. You know, they'd be using it for music. I know I've been attending a lot of these clubhouse things. I know Anthony was saying the same thing. Um, what are other use cases? I don't know if I had this conversation here with someone else. If you want to capture any moment, they're already making digital frames where you walk into your grand foyer, right? And you got your LeBron dunk, right? Somebody, you might, you guys might want that, but like, can you imagine putting on display there or somebody's going to want MLK? His, I have a dream speech. Like you get a snippet of that. Somebody's going to want half the country's going to want Trump accepting his thing. Obama accepting them, Biden accepting, you're going to go to Gandhi, you're going to go all these physics figures, you know, JFK, you know, ask not what you can, what are all these things, right? I, maybe the Smithsonian owns the rights to these, I don't know, but there's so many use cases for this that are going to be dope. And like, you, let's say you get the MLK thing, you um, parlay, overlay some dope, you know, some uh, motivational music behind it, some gospel choir, or you got that LeBron um, fouling Iguodala like hell, and you get like a Drake track over it or something, right? They're gonna make they're gonna make these combos, and it's gonna be beautiful, I think. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be dope. Well, it, the, the products that are gonna layer on top coming down are gonna be great, right? I think that's a good thing. So, I there there's a lot to be said that's that's coming out, right? Like that, uh, uh, what's yeah. gonna happen with all this pro, um, this NFT market. You know, and, these. and one way I'll close it out, which I think is probably one of the most important pieces for our audience to know and to listen and to learn is how to mint an NFT. So essentially how to tokenize the digital asset. Um, you can get an in-depth tutorial on capwing.com uh, where you can get all the details. But essentially 
you find something that you created digitally. It could be a song. Like, sponsor? Are you a sponsor of ours? Not, not so. yet, man. Not That's yet. Better. We're working on it. Working on it. My bad. My bad. Uh, <laughs> you get a song, a GIF, an avatar. You open an account on the, on the Ethereum network um, or any kind of other blockchain service. And then you need to put some coin in there. So you some Ethereum coins. And then what you need to do is you need to head to an NFT marketplace and you put it on one that we um, that I know about is Rarible. Um, and then you list it for that, the asset for sale. As simple as that. Um, so, but yeah, go to Capwing and get the, the step-by-step details. But this has been our episode that we leaned into NFTs and a one-on-one introduction and one that um, we're all excited to watch. I think there's a lot there. And, um, you know, be on the lookout for the Whiskey Hue NFT pretty soon. Oh. So this has been a uh, that whiskey, that whiskey, <laughs> that whiskey. So, so you know, before we before we dive into our before we dive into our whiskey of the day, um, I want to us to think about you know what is the most important part of the show. It's shit you shouldn't know. So, <laughs> so what um, you know, we're gonna kick it off. And what I want to do is I want to dive into one that I was excited to learn about. Um, for the last episode, I was trying to think about it, but I definitely remember this time. It was the acquisition of Versus. Uh, if you look back at one of our earlier episodes, we talked about Versus and all of, all of the other uh, kind of beginning of the pandemic activities that was going on. I think we were super excited when we started seeing the first ones come out. Uh, Swiss Beats versus Timberland. We saw 112 versus Jagged Edge and a bunch of these different artists who are coming together doing the versus battles. Well, Swiss Beats and Timberland sold it to Triller, which is a an online platform where um, they're going to be coming on as creative um, leads in the organization. But the most important piece of all this is every artist who participated in the versus, they're going to get a part ownership in the uh, yeah. in, in the new uh, in the sale, so uh, it was a good thing to do because I know a lot of people were upset they were performing for free, but it's paid off in the long run. So hopefully that equity turns into some real dollars in the uh, near future. But versus was sold to Triller and uh, in the acquisition. Just, just on top of that, versus one of the best verses for hip hop comes up this Saturday. Raekwon versus Ghostface. Oh yeah, okay. that's gonna be hot. Uh, that's, that's for the hip hop heads here, but you know, listen, if you listen to the baby and stuff, you might not like it. <laughs> <laughs> you have nah, to loosen we, them pants, man. You said loosen them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, man, his pants are too tight. Tighter than the pants on Will I Am. Snoop. Anyway, all right, so so mine, I, before, because I know every time a fool goes with the shit you should know, it goes <laughs> for like five. 10 minutes. It goes for like 10 minutes. So let me get it, let me get mine out right now. I just want to pat myself on the back on the Amazon healthcare thing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. Right, because I brought it up a couple, jeez, it's a couple of weeks ago. Um, what happened? I, you know, at, well, they're, they're launching their own healthcare, uh, you know, they're almost like their own healthcare uh, company. Right, where they're offering their products actually to other companies as well. So they're, you know, what what you think Amazon would do, right? Yeah. Off, you know, video nice. chat on doctors, diagnoses and referrals, right? Uh, house calls, and and, and drug and, and, and drug shipments like their prescription shipments. Everything that's in their wheelhouse, they've been testing it internally with their employees for I think the past year in Seattle only, and now they're just launching it out. So again, 
another way to disrupt the healthcare, especially the healthcare insurance side of the business. Mm. Um, so it's going to be interesting to watch how the insurance industry uh, responds and how they uh, decide to update their services once Amazon Healthcare becomes the offer. Because if you're in a company and they offer you multiple healthcare um, I mean, insurance options, nine times out of 10, you're going to look at the Amazon one and go, you know what? It's going to integrate Prime. I got yeah. all this. I'm going to go with Amazon. <laughs> but just an interesting thing to watch. Until like year two, your your rates go up because they know your fat ass sitting on the couch watching shit all day. You order Doritos all the time. That's what's gonna happen, man. That's, and they got too much info. That's cool. We're good with it. All right. Um, I do have five. Um, so it's Women's don't. History Month. It's Women's History Month. So women earn more than sixty percent of all college degrees in the U.S. I did not know that. Um, okay, two shows I've been watching. Billions. I'm loving this show, man. I know I'm always late to the game. Of course, you're uh, always late to the party. You, you, I think you, like every finance, every person who worked in, works in finance who didn't work in investment banking. Yeah. I was at a hedge fund though. show. I was at a hedge yeah. fund. That's what this is, and it was yeah, fire. It is fire, man. It's so good, and it's it's exactly how it goes down. You are you are you are really late to the game. <laughs> yeah. Even out, oh, ladies and gentlemen, forgive him. He's a little bit late. I'm always okay, but hey, guess who else was late? Will okay, another movie I watched like two years after it came out. Will Smith's Gemini Man. I've always been a big fan of Will Smith. You man. like Gemini Man? That movie, and my kids watched They loved it. I was like, my wife, okay, so this is action-packed, some good-ass <laughs> whooping scenes. My wife was like, okay, uh, you throw Avengers on? I'll watch it all day because I love some yeah. just random Avengers ass Endgame. Avengers Endgame is a But my wife, my wife was like, where's the story? I'm like, what? What do we need a story? But then when I'm watching Gemini, she's like, I love this story. She saw it, and, and so she liked it. So it appealed to all genres and gener- generations and people. So I'm, okay, so I'm just thinking, right? So if you don't know what the story is about, it's Will Smith as a 50, 51-year-old man in the story he has to fight a 20 year old version of himself that was created from his gene and it's it's amazing to watch it i won't give away too much it brings me to this, this one thought though now for two years you can give it away it's been out for two, since 2019 <laughs> Spoiler alert. it's on netflix but this brings me to my one point so if will jada pinkett smith i mean if jada pinkett smith had known the 20 year old version two years ago oh, of will smith with august now still have happened oh, what do you have <laughs> okay shots no entanglement there <laughs> I mean, so um, I'm fans of all, all of them, man. But um, anyway, so we look, last we look thing, Will Smith sponsor from Overbrook. What is it? Overbrook? I'm going to pat myself on the back. I'm, pat myself, I'm speaking in Qatar next week. I mean, from Jersey. <laughs> it's a Zoom call on blockchain and NFTs. Uh, and I'm writing a piece on the pieces on my website. It will be by the time you hear this uh, through project.com. But um, and I'm doing a colleague of mine. Harry's helped me with that. So I'm not going to take full credit. He's been great. Um, so Northwestern. It's a Chicago university, has a Qatar campus, an extension school. My buddy, Greg Brigida, thank you, man, invited me to speak on, on he and I are going to be doing like a fireside chat, NFTs, blockchain, crypto, the whole thing to a bunch of students from there. And they're global students. 75% of them are local to that area, but then like a bunch of global, Africa, Asia, all over. So it's going to be dope. Looking forward to it. Nice. nice. Now, hold on. Is it is it Qatar or is it Qatar? I thought it was... It's Cutter, you know. I, as I'm reading, I'm like, man, I'm saying it wrong. I'm sounding like Clyde. It's a World Cup. The next World Cup's there, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're prepping for it because when he and I had a call yesterday, and it's and and if you, the people from there are Qatari, so ah. I was messing it all up. You can't say Qatari. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my bad. Thank you for thank you for correcting me. You're, you're welcome. That's what I hear. That's what I'm here to do. <laughs> Nice, nice, nice. So that's been the, our section of the shit you should know. So we're going to close out the episode and talk about our whiskey of the day. We had sipped on Angel's Envy Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. It's one that I've been sipping on lately. Um, it's, it's been a pretty good for me. Um, 
my palate really tasted a little vanilla, a little uh, maple syrup, uh, and all surprisingly, a little bit of chocolate as well. So uh, those are some of the things that jumped out to me, and um, I was very excited to, to sip on it. Somebody just broke in, man. That's, that's, that's fine. Okay. That's fine. Listen, it happens. Listen, this is what happens hey, when you deal with older Clap, people man. on the Clink, podcast. Clink twice if you're okay, man. Clink, clink twice. You can't even see. Take your glasses off. We can't see your eyelashes. <laughs> All right. So for me, I, I'll take the. I'll take the. Surprisingly, this one. This one's um, is well balanced. It, it's so on the on the Anthony scale. What is it? I keep on forgetting the Anthony scale. Whether it's one to five or one to ten, I don't know. Let's go one to five. Me in the middle. It's one to seven. Anthony, why don't you ask Anthony? Ask Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is this is going. This is a solid three point eight four. Okay. Oh. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Like Clyde, I tasted the vanilla caramel. I've tasted everything. Tasted the toasted nuts, and uh, um, it's it's sweet though. It's got like a it was because it, it was all you know sat in some port wines uh, casks, you know. So I like this. It has a sweet finish to it. So yeah, this is actually fine, a, this is actually a yeah great find. This is a good good buy. So this has been another episode of the Whiskey Hill. Thank you for listening. We're excited that you joined us. Make sure you when you listen, rate us on all podcast platforms. And uh, check us out on all uh, social media platforms. Peace. Podcast in the world. <laughs>